Uh, yes. All right, I think we're live. It's tiring, dude. It was a huge, huge pain in the ass. As you can imagine. I mean, imagine picking up everything you own and then taking it to a different location. You know? I have moved before, so I don't have to imagine it. Per exactly. Se. Exactly. I can give a quick tour, I guess. Uh, got <laughs> oh, yeah. Pops over there, as you can see, you know, over here and bunch of aliens, predators, and then Mars. Oh, I see Mars. a little foot up there. Yeah. Well, that's a uh, long neck, actually. I don't want to call you out on your land before time lore, but I will if I have to. I thought long neck was like the species, what they call yeah, like brachiosaurs or whatever. Yeah, uh, Littlefoot like, was the, the character's name, name character. was Littlefoot. Well, you know what? I think we should. That's debatable. No, I don't. <laughs> you I don't, I don't think a big <laughs> fucking stink about me getting the name wrong. You gave me a look, lecture look, about Robert, me getting Robert, the they, name wrong. They made like twenty of these things at least. Yeah, at one point <laughs> they called his ass long neck in the one I watched. All right. Well, they were like, like sharp tooth and like all sorts of other like stupid yeah. names for like the different types of dinosaurs. Look, yeah. Well, anyway, then this is all Transformers and G.I. Joe, this whole rack here. I'm going to do a diorama, I think, up on this shelf. You're going to do like them. a battle scene between yeah. them and Cobra or something? Yeah. And then that's what I got going on on the table for the most part. You know, they're yeah. all bad. Got to have Omega Supreme up and ready. Oh, dude, I was playing with him last night, actually. He is a fun fucking toy. He's so fun. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We're just talking about my move. Everything got moved. Uh, so, yeah, we'll do segment one. You know, some stuff that we did, watched, or whatever, outside of normalcy. Uh, news, Substack news. More news there. Uh, some news about the uh, coronavirus and uh, DC. Of course. And DC Comics. Uh, the Batman's moving back to New York City. Yes, back. I said back. Uh, Miles Morales, what ifs? the spin have been announced and it's kind of lame it I is kind of lame we'll talk about it um oh and star wars is moving again going back home in a sense uh hawkeye we'll talk about two episodes of hawkeye if you guys watched it i did watch it yeah i want to watch the first one got that no home trailer if you guys just briefly it's been like a month it feels like a fucking feels like a month I mean, the movie itself is going to be here before too much longer, you know? Another week. It's like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, news and then huge moment of destruction. Two bits of news with a couple of new series announced. Uh, and then two books. King Grimlock. Three books, isn't it? I, I didn't get a King Grimlock. You didn't get a King Grimlock? Did you get a King Grimlock number four? Yeah, I got a King Grimlock. Well, we're going to have to skip it because I didn't get one. Oh, was the best book. Damn. Well, we'll fly. Well, past. You'll just have to do like I do and just listen yeah, to just him talk more. without commenting because there, you don't know anything about it. Rev- <laughs> there's not much to review with it. It's just honest. awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, top three, which Taylor, I don't think is going to be a part of this week. I've been trying to power through. I've got like three and a half books read, so did I can half ass a top three. For did you, you read Black Panther? I am in the middle of reading that right now. That's all you need this week. Holy uh, shit, was it good. Oh, it was fucking excellent. Way better than Hulk. Way better than Hulk. Uh, anything else you gentlemen want to add to the show? Oh, just watch Ghostbusters 4. I haven't seen it yet, Andy. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, I mean, I really want to see it, but 
I'm just down on theaters. Like I've been down on theaters since way before the pandemic. I just not, I am not a fan of going to the movies. You know, I love movies, which the pandemic kind of worked out for me because now all the movies are streaming like same day. Uh, but yeah, I want to see it, but it'll probably be a minute, bro. And I heard it was good. I heard it was dope. I haven't gotten around to it yet. You know, I've been busy on the weekends with Thanksgiving and everything. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you guys got nothing, we're doing the show. Speaking of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. <laughs> oh, wow. See, you say that, Frankie? And thanks for stopping by. I cry at the end of E.T. Every time. Every time. Never fail. another episode of this geek in comics outright geekery's comic book shit talk show shit talk show gomer adam normal taylor uh et it's the part where et says to elliot come and then elliot says stay oh every i'm getting i get choked i'm just thinking that part, not it. not the part where they finger each other oh come on <laughs> you know adam maybe you could just not it. be a he huge dick it. about its classic moment in cinema history <laughs> Yeah, he ruins it, dude. He ruins it. So, yeah, what's going on, guys? Everybody have a good good Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. Um, I was over at my brother's place, and we had uh, three nights of, like, Marvel power hours, like, back-to-back. Oh, wow. back. Like, we watched Hawkeye on Wednesday. Oh, um, my mom had never seen Black Widow, so we watched about? that on Thursday. And That's then, cool. Uh, That's my, fine. My uh, brother and sister-in-law hadn't watched Shang-Chi, so we watched that on Friday, so. That was basically my weekend, too, just watching old shit that I had already seen, you know. Uh, we will talk about Hawkeye later in the show, uh, as well as the new Spider-Man trailer that we've somehow missed because of all the shenanigans uh, I had with moving. Uh, we already talked about me moving. I did watch some stuff because I had plenty of stuff to do, so I just put shit on in the background. Uh, first, King Richard, uh, Will Smith, the Venus and Serena Williams movie. Basically how this father basically like he's like so hard on his fucking kids, man. And it's hard for me because I'm not that parent at all. I am the opposite of being hard on their kids and pushing them to be the best that they can be. Dude, you're the best any way you decide you want to be. Okay. That's my opinion on it, but it's hard to compete. <laughs> it's hard to argue with a guy who literally has the greatest tennis player of all time. And the most decorated champion of all time, I guess. Vina is the most decorated champion of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You can't but really Serena argue is with his results here, you know? the best tennis player of all time, you know? Uh, and it's weird. Like, he calls it. Like, he's like, you know, your sister's going to be number one in the world, but you're going to be the best there ever was. He says that to Serena in the movie. And it happens. So, uh, it was still good. It's like your basic sort of sports movie, you know, all triumphant at the end. Uh, I also watched the Alanis Morissette documentary on HBO. Did anyone else watch that? I wasn't aware it existed. No, it me neither. Finding Kendrick Johnson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have no idea who that, who's Kendrick Johnson. Anybody, am I out of the loop on this? 
Everybody is good. I am too, I fear. Uh, so yeah, it's a great documentary, Alanis Morissette. Uh, finally, I watched Click, Click, Boom. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it. Uh, it's the biographical musical drama film directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's actually his featured directorial debut, which hmm. I didn't realize. Interesting. But good for him. Yeah. But uh, it's based on the stage musical of the same name by Jonathan Larson. And he is the guy who, uh, who wrote Rent, who made Rent, which changed musicals forever. And it had a lot of rent sort of feels to it. It's bohemian and, and woke, you know, but it was really good. It was fun. And it's good music, dude. Um, I would say if you're not kind of like a musical nerd, you're probably not going to like it. But you should watch it because Andrew Garfield is a fucking beast. In this. Oh, He's I bet amazing he is. Amazing. But he loves doing that theater stuff. He's so good. Is this good. a musical? It is a musical. Okay. It's Lin- I figure with Lynn Manuel, but yeah, I didn't want him, you know. Sure. Uh, well, just yeah. assume. I mean, you should, but uh, but yeah, he, I mean, Lynn Manuel Miranda basically, you know, modeled his entire professional life around, you know, John Larson. So uh, he actually died. Like he worked his ass off, got click, he got one thing made. They just did a workshop on it. Then he did click, click, boom, which is the adaptation. Uh, this movie, you know, is. Um, but then he got to do Rent. He actually died like the week Rent opened. Jeez. He had like an aneurysm or some shit. Rent ran for like 15 fucking years, you know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was a really cool movie. Uh, but really, I think it's only for like musical geeks. So uh, anything else? What else you guys do? Adam, what you do? Uh yeah, you know I also watched some stuff. Also, uh, I watched uh, Wheel of Time, which dropped oh, on yeah. Amazon. It's on my list. Um, yeah, um, it was um, actually it was pretty okay. You know, it does suffer from some poor TV tropes that are interwoven ooh. into it. Okay. Um, there is an unnecessary fridging in the beginning of the series. Oh God, you know uh, that goes all through me, and like I can't forget it. You know, I, I, I oh, know, man. I know, but but the Trollocs are fucking awesome. Okay. They are really well done. Um, the effects are actually pretty decent. Um, and you know, once you get beyond some of the unnecessary, just I don't know why it's in their TV tropes that's in the very beginning, yeah. it actually sticks pretty closely to the to the to story the series, of the books. The, yeah, the book series. That's cool. So, you know, it's. It's been all right. And then the other thing I watched was I watched the first episode of Hawkeye this morning. It was dope, man. It was dope. We're going to talk about Hawkeye later. I mean, it's a little heavy on the comedy, but I think that's what they're going for. But again, yeah. we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, let's do the news. It was all a big Marvel week for everybody so far. I think that trend is going to continue. All right. Let's just get this out of the way. We talked about Substack on here a few times. Uh, a bunch of awesome comic book creators moving away from the big two and going to Substack uh, with these exclusive deals. Like they're making all kinds of money. James Tiny in the fourth gave up the most popular comic book in the world, Batman. Argue with me all you want. It is. It is. I know it's going to argue it's not popular. World. I mean, it is very undeniably popular. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible, but hey, whatever. Uh, that's just the world we live in. Well, the Tinian era is over with now, so maybe it's close. 
It's been oh, slumming no, it, it in the mediocre over. range for a really long time now. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. The next, the next more issues. Don't no, you? the next issue is Williamson. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, I can't um, wait till tomorrow night's show. We can talk his about last, that. Yeah. Tinian's last issue was uh, last week's right. Where they wrapped yeah. up that oh, wow. fear state stuff. Yeah. So Substack uh, has reached 1 million paid subscribers. That's the news. So how um, many books have they published? None. Zero published. <laughs> okay, that's all I needed to know. Um, well, a lot of people are taking a leap of faith. You know, there is a pretty talented roster here, so it's probably going to work yeah. out pretty well for them. But I think I will wait, you know, for people to have like, well, not books in hand, but like books on yeah. screen, right? Before um, I think about doing it myself. Yeah. The Substack said that the top 10 publications on the site bring in $20 million per year. Jeez, I mean that's something. That is ten, something. Just ten emails, newsletters make them twenty million dollars a year, and that's the thing here. Okay, we were kind of worried. We were like, "Wow, you know, this could really cut into the comics. You know, into the comics industry." It's not. It's not. Not in any fucking way, shape, or form. The top five comic book subs on the platform. Uh, Hickman's Three Worlds, Three Moons, Tiny and the Empire of the Tiny Onion, Scott Snyder's Our Best Jacket, which is unique because he's actually giving school on there. You know, he's like doing school on that on his channel. Yeah. Uh, so for news, what exactly is Substack? Excellent question, Frankie. It's a real easy answer. Substack is email newsletters. That's it. It's MailChimp, bro. But what Substack has done is they have actually curated, they have gone out and sought out writers to join the platform, paying them up front to write a weekly, two times a week, whatever newsletter. And that's it. That's basically it. I mean, this is not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. You know? well, yeah, they're able to use this. Well, the part that we care the most about is, you know, basically a Netflix for comic books. I mean, is that really what this is, though? In a sense, I mean, you're paying a subscription fee to get, like, you know, some sort of media. But In this when, case, it's comics instead of, you know, videos and movies. Okay, and I will stay with your analogy, and I will say... It's just okay, very specific subscription. But all because... we've gotten so far is the director's commentary. And not even the director's commentary. It's sort of like the director's <laughs> diary. That's why that's why I haven't paid it's into it yet. It's nothing yet. It's nothing yet. It's just a bunch of creators except for Scott once, Snyder. Once they figure out how they're distributing books and they start actually distributing books, that's then my I'll, problem. I'll, I'll probably hop onto it. But the how they're going to do it, what format, PDF, CLZ, you know, wh whatever, CBC file, whatever whatever file they want to fucking use. I don't give a shit. The problem is they ain't published a damn thing yet. And they're charging these people $8 a month At just least. for inside baseball. That's for one. Yeah, it's $8 yeah, one per sub. person, right? Per yeah. author that you subscribe to. So this can get pretty expensive if you're going to branch out to a lot of people. And most of these creators, at least in the top five, Kate and Stegman and Jeff Lemire wrap out the top five, have said, no, we're going to publish these in, on paper as well. What the? I don't, I don't know. Sure, like I'm weird. sure they'll send a trade to the bookstores when this them, is all done. They just yeah. freed them from, you know, the corporate assholes that is the big two to do whatever they want. It didn't even – it so. did do that. I'm not going to argue that because it, it did do that. But 
it's like people are paying just to get a blog. Yeah, that's exactly what they're paying for right now. That's you what correct. they're paying for. It's baffles my. It's kind of reminiscent mind. of like the olden days back when like people would publish short stories in like magazines, right? Like that's how the old Sherlock Sto- Holmes stories first yes. got released. Was in like you paid a subscription for a magazine or like you picked it up at the newsstand or whatever. And yeah, one of the features was a new Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes story. Isn't that what Stan Lee started writing for these magazines where he would just do short stories in these magazines? Yeah, Isn't that so. how he got started? I believe I so. I know yeah. Neil Gaiman basically got started that way. The stories were a little bit more adult oriented. I think Alan Moore Penthouse. slummed it around. Like, I think a lot of the British writers slummed it around in like warrior magazine and like stuff like that for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's only, oh my God, Frankie. Yes, it is. It basically it's is. Fucking only fans. That is a better that. analogy than Netflix. That I will exactly say. Really like, is. You're it picking really a is. specific content creator for like <laughs> whatever it is you're doing. That's awesome. Uh, so the platform appears to be doing exactly what it set out to do: allow fans to keep up with a very the very slow process of creating comics. So, uh, but I think it's safe to say that they're touting this success already, and it has not impacted the comic book industry at all. Well, it has, I will say, as far as talent and content, you know. Well, uh, we, I mean, we have definitely seen a huge, at least on DC, I have seen a real big sort of brain drain a little bit. But I don't and, know if that's and now we're getting we're getting a lot of these newer art who who aren't not, some of them are bad, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, uh, I I could tell a real changing of the guard has happened. Uh, and we like to know. complain think, about this I, ending. Uh, Hickman's X-Men run prematurely here. I mean, it undeniably has done that. No, I don't oh, yeah. know about that either. His contract was up. He had a three-year contract. Any of these folks in the top five, Hickman, Tiny, and Snyder, Kate Stegman, and Jeff Lemire, are all successful at, on the indie level. On yeah. the creator-owned level. They don't but need with, Substack. But they have, have left Batman, Would Tinian have left Batman if Substack wasn't a thing? That's again, we can keep the focus on Tinian if we want. And no, I think the answer to that is no. He would not have left Batman if Substack wasn't a thing. Yeah. But I don't think it's fair to say that Hickman, because his three year contract was up. Well, I guess we'll never know, but we'll it's hard know. not to notice the timing. You You're know? not wrong. It's a You're hell of a coincidence. You're not wrong. All right, let's move on. Uh, real quick here, despite the newly discovered Omicron variant, I love I love the names for these. They're fucking great, these variants. Well, I mean, we're going through the Greek alphabet. I so. know. It's just really fun for me. A lot of people don't realize that. Omicron sounds like this is like a Cybertronian disease. It does. Okay. It actually like does sound like a Decepticon. <laughs> it's like coming to like eat us Omicron or something. Omicron variant. Uh, all right. It, 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 it may just have us all back in lockdown, you know, next month for all we know. Uh, Warner Brothers and DC are continuing – People are talking like this is a new thing, forgetting when Superman was wearing a mask and we were all making fun of it. Um, but yeah, uh, a promo image, go get your kids vaccinated. The DC characters are helping to promote uh, childhood wellness, promoting child wellness. Um, I'm not sure why this is so divisive. It's the same thing with motherfuckers hating on Big Bird. I mean, everything's divisive nowadays. It's weird. It's, it's silly, weird. but I'm not surprised that people would bitch about this too. Yeah, it's just weird. You know, but uh, it's, not like, it's not like Batman is kicking the shit out of you in an alley for not being vaccinated. OK, that's not happening, y'all. Just chill. Just but 
It does look like this thing is easily transmissible, this Omicron variant. It's probably already here, you know, not to, you know, be too alarmist. But it does seem like most of the cases so far of it have been pretty mild. But just, you know, inherently, the more it spreads, the more people it's going to kill. Just yeah, and we don't know the nature of it. The, the uh, um, vaccines that everyone has may help against the Omicron variant. There's just a lot. I'm sure it's better know. than nothing. We are in the early stages. There's a lot yeah. that could still change. There's a lot we still don't know, but we definitely should be concerned, but we shouldn't necessarily be panicked, you know? Probably wear your mask still, and it can't hurt. No downside. Yeah, just keep doing the stuff we've we should have been doing all along anyway, right? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Uh, DC's newest Batman. Not the Batman I was talking about earlier. Not Bruce Wayne. No, not Bruce Wayne. Jace Fox. Uh, uh, he's going to leave Gotham. In the February 8th issue of I Am Batman, issue number six. And he's going with the whole Fox family to New York City. Now, this is some old school inside baseball sort of shit, history shit. Batman originally did not hang out in Gotham, Bruce Wayne and Batman. It was in New York City uh, in the, whatever, 40s, early 50s. And then, yeah, they moved him. They moved him. DC uh, has said that this will be a permanent move for the I Am Batman title. And, uh, yeah, John Ridley, we're going to talk about him later, too, for sure. Uh, I'm excited about charting this new direction for Jace and the Fox family. This new setting is a great opportunity to do some really creative world building. Really? World building? It's already built, bro. And gives Jace his own allies, adversaries. Well, it's a new city that he can flesh out. You know, I mean, Gotham already has its underworld pretty much, you know. All right, let's say you're in Gotham, okay? I don't care which character you are. The character's hanging out in Gotham, and he goes into the sewers. He's going to run into Killer Croc. He's going to run into fucking Killer Croc. Right? He's going to run into Killer Croc. Yeah, you can't can't do anything in in Gotham Gotham anymore. It's all all already pre-planned out. It's all been done. Everybody already has all their sections. It's all been done. You know, you get... it makes sense to move to his own city where he can do his own things. That's a cool cover right there. That is a really That's cool right cover. as hell, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, though. Does this mean that the Future State stuff is, like, officially non-canon now? Because, like, they just ended oh, that story arc it, with uh, Fear State. It's going to be over now. It's I guess. be over. But, I'm like, yeah, sure. like, Batman was fine at the end of Fear State. He did not get killed by <laughs> Peacemaker 01 or whatever like he did in Future State. No, they beat him. Yeah. I know, but Future State is one of those things like Trinity War. It's almost like I don't want to talk about it because it just gives me a fucking headache. Um, I mean, I'm not mourning the loss. I thought Fear State was like garbage from beginning to end. I especially don't want like uh, John John Kent's uh, Future State status (laughs) quo to come out because he was the worst Superman ever. And like in Tom Taylor's run so far, he's been a damn good Superman. I'd hate to see him squander it by like fucking brainiacing Metropolis like he did in Future State. Uh, Empire State of Mind is the name of the arc. It starts in I Am Batman number six, which is a pretty damn good book. It's solid. Uh, will be drawn by Ken Lashley uh, with colorist Rex Locus and Troy Pateri doing letters. So there you go. We will talk about that book when it comes out. That sounds like a fun. I want to see him introduce New York. Okay. New York City is basically a character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I don't care where is. you go. Oh, yeah. There's like 70,000 characters just in like New York Gotham is a character. Exactly. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how John Ridley does with putting his own sort of stamp on making the city 
like he was saying, world building and shit like that. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be. Well, yeah, it'd be really fascinating to see like what's the rogues gallery going to be like. Like, what's his Batmobile going to be? Like, how's he going to get around? Like, you know, oh, shit you like can't that. drive a Batmobile in New York City. Have it you doesn't seem particularly City? viable. No, he's on the subway. He maybe, he's maybe the subway. he does have a bat subway. I don't know. But um, <laughs> there's plenty of like supporting yeah. cast you can establish that will presumably be a bunch of characters we've never seen before. So that hey, would yeah, be fun. Plenty and of opportunity you know here. Sure, you can bring in characters that we've never seen before, but you can also bring in characters we have seen. And put them in New York and give them that New York. Yeah, you can sort pepper spin, in a couple, but you know? but you know, I'd I'd like to see you know more original takes on it. Oh, me too, for sure. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want the Riddler characters. to just show up for some random ass reason. <laughs> I mean, he's got his dad, <laughs> Lucius. He's show. an established character, and I feel like that's enough. You know, like Riddler's let's let everyone else be new. Right. What a twist. Yeah. Ooh. Moving on. Uh, what if Miles Morales, uh, new heroic Man, that version... art is super lame. That art is. I think it's Sarah Pichelli. Miles looks weird here. Like he yeah, looks like really weird. It's weird seeing Miles look jacked. I mean, I get that he's Captain America and not Spider Man here, but you know, still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this new it's Cody Ziegler and Paco Medina. What if starring Miles Morales this March? This March. The new spin on the classic What If series will explore the Marvel Comics multiverse and answer the question, what if Miles Morales followed in the footsteps of a Marvel hero other than Spider-Man? So what this feels to me is it's like taking the most recognized legacy character at Marvel Comics and showing what if he was everybody's fucking legacy character, not just Spider-Man's. Dude, Pretty much. Stupid. That seems to be the idea here. But the first thing I thought of is like, remember a few years ago when they had like Gwen Stacy be like every fucking character? Oh, like, there was Gwen Pool, there was Spider Gwen, and yeah. like I think yeah, they got around to like Gwen, like, like Wolverine Gwen or whatever. But yeah, now they're doing that with Miles, and I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this, but I'm not excited. I'm not even. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, it could be. I'm not interested at all. I mean, I like so Cody Ziegler as a writer, but I, I'm this whole concept is—I don't know. Uh, this is something that I probably won't give a second glance to on the shelf. You know, if it's a light week, maybe I'll pick it up. But they're also I, supposed I, to do. I'm like, just not going to lie. You know, I'm I'm a longtime DC reader, so I am very burnt out on this. What if Elseworlds shit? Yeah, with man. other and characters, even with it, even with Marvel stuff. Yeah, what does it matter? Or are they going to set up a new Spider Verse where it's not? It's it's, it's Miles, Miles. Yeah, yeah, Miles, the Miles Verse. I guess. Yeah, that. that sounds so stupid. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh. Yeah. This cover is appears to be by Sarah Pacelli. Pacelli maybe, but they're going to do versions of Wolverine, Thor, Hulk. Don't. Hey, how about give Amadeus show his own fucking book again, assholes? I don't know. What's that great? I like Braun. Okay, I like. It's okay, it but I guess like... like circling back to this though, it's just I don't see like that, like this being like a big exciting yeah. thing for people. You know, yeah, like neither, it just seems like kind of a half baked idea that they're running with. Half baked uh, cash grab is what if what it all right. Like. Last news bit. This is a quick one too before we talk a little bit of Hawkeye. Um, back in 2017, uh, Disney, well, it's probably 2016, Disney uh, bought Lucasfilm and got Star Wars. 
So then they took Star Wars away from from Dark Horse, obviously, and gave it to Marvel. And it was great. You know, they were doing some really cool shit. In doing that, their all-ages stuff went to IDW, Idea Works, or whatever. Now that's changed. IDW was announced last month is losing Star Wars. They've been doing Star Wars Adventures, Star Wars High Republic Adventures, and one-shots here and there. It's going back to Dark Horse. Uh, Spring 22, uh, fans can expect to experience adventures in every era from the High Republic through the rise of the First Order at Dark Horse. Well, a lot of old-school Dark Horse Star Wars fans will be happy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. This is I get like that. This is like kind of like a, a homecoming forum that like longtime comic readers will probably be like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. But these books were never for us, you know. These were for the kids. Yeah, and I'm not reading them yeah. now, and I'm not going to read them when they switch over to Dark Horse. You know, they're quite all right, but I agree with you 100. percent Okay, the Dark Horse comics uh, for Star Wars, the expanded universe, as they love to call it. I mean, that was a lot of people, Star Wars. At least people in my circles. That was their fucking Star Wars. That's where they learned. It wasn't the novels. It wasn't the TV shows. It wasn't, you know, the movies. And then these comics. And I'm glad we're for everything. them. You know? We're everything. Like, uh, this news doesn't mean one thing to me one way or the other. But I am glad for the people who, like, cherished the Dark Horse Star Wars comics. You well, know? I feel bad for them in a way. And I'll tell you why. Because they are not going to get. The quality or the creativity no, because, that they got with the expanded universe at Dark Horse. Yeah, because they're getting the children's books. They're they're, they're still getting not getting the main books. books. So exactly, you know, it, it's it's kind of like a a ghost of itself. You know, it's not even really. Yeah, I mean, it it, it feels like sort of a bait and switch, man. You know, they, they are not going to enjoy what they're going to pick up if they are just reading High Republic and Star Wars Adventures. At, at Dark Horse, okay, they are not going to enjoy it. Uh, and Marvel, for as successful as they've been, as good as their Star Wars shit has been, they have not really hit the mark when it comes to the tone and tenor of a lot of those Dark Horse books. You know, people love that shit for a reason. Uh, it was dark. It was. It was. Star it was Wars, a lot darker. Man. It was fucking amazingly good. Um, yeah, this ain't gonna be that. But I guess from Dark Horse's perspective, this is going to be a huge boon for them. So I'm sure oh, they're glad for the news. Oh, for sucks sure. Sucks for IDW, though. Uh, yeah, it sucks for IDW. As far as I can tell, they're still keeping the Marvel action shit, the all-ages Marvel books. Like Spider-Man and Martin mm-hmm. and Avengers. Books. Oh, I'm sure they'll stay afloat, but, you know, this oh, is yeah, obviously IDW gonna really going to really hit their bottom line pretty hard. Yeah, pound for pound, IDW's probably got the best line in pop culture in terms of comics. You know, they got MLP, TMNT, they got... Uh, I mean, they got a lot of great PF, IP. They got Joe. They got all the Hasbro that IP. Mean that, that doesn't mean Dude, all those books that's, that's probably sell. a trillion dollars worth of IP over the next 10 years. We're yeah, going to have, we're gonna have at least... Joe right now? Over the next two years... No, over the next two years, 10 years, we're going to have two Joe movies, three Transformers movies, two My Little Pony animated movies, and what? Two new Teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV shows? And probably a new movie, dude. That's like a trillion dollars worth of of IP. 
Um, well, I mean, Star Wars, if you're getting sure. the box office. It'll I be mean, great it's still Star Wars. I'm you're sure right. it'll bump up their sales and everything, but that's not yeah. a direct correlation. It's, like all no, these things. Yeah. It's a direct correla- correlation to popularity of the IP. And uh, like they have for, popular uh, IP, it just doesn't the mean Buffy, that they're selling the Buffy books. IP does not boost Boom Studios because it's the only place the IP exists anymore is in comics. I mean, that's fair. I mean, these yeah, movies that's can't... that's what I mean by that. Like, when these movies and TV shows come out, it can't do anything but help, right? But, you know... That's what I mean. You're yeah, not necessarily exactly. going to be, you know, well, yeah, IDW it ain't going to be jumping in Uncle Scrooge's money pit, but they're going to be doing a lot better if, if it was fucking Buffy, who ain't got shit. They've rebooted Buffy now three times in, like, two years over at Boom Studios. Uh, all right, a little quick. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I think this is the most important uh, screenshot out of the trailer. Uh, that ain't Tom Holland. That's not that. That's not our Spider-Man in this magic-y costume. I don't know who keeps thinking that Tom Holland as Spider-Man Peter Parker in this movie is going to be wearing the magic suit. He's not. And why would Electro be in the background doing Electro things while Spider-Man just hanging out, showing out? No. It's a Sinister Six, and this is number six right here. That's number six. That's my. That's my. That's what I'm calling. Well, who do we all have confirmed? Right, we got a uh, Electro. We got Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. We got Jamie Foxx's Electro. We got um, Alfred Sandman. Molina's. Um, we don't know if it's Thomas Hayden Church, but we do have Sandman for sure. That was three, four. Um, five is. Oh, who is five? Um... I forget. Lizard, the lizard. Oh right, the oh, lizard. yeah, lizard. Yeah. Uh, everyone wanted to see, you know, Garfield and Maguire running around the trailer. Don't be dumb. No, they're All not right. gonna give that you. Give that I'm still in the trailer. not. I'm still not 100 sold that they are even gonna be in the fucking movie. But I mean, if they are. They're not going to blow their wad. Yeah. In the trailer. If Come they're bringing on, back dummies. all the old actors and like all these characters from across the multiverse, it's, yeah. honestly, at this point, it would be weird if they weren't in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I can take it or leave it. All this multiverse stuff. It doesn't they, they make the movie inter- any better or worse to me. And it was the best superhero movie of all time. Well, true, but that's like that's kind of its own thing. And like, it, I don't know that necessarily. Like, well, it was. The yeah. it was. It was the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I don't think it's necessarily the best Spider-Man movie ever made because of the multiverse stuff, though. No, you know? you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I don't think that like including all this multiverse stuff like automatically makes it better in my eyes. I'm sure it'll be good. I am looking forward to it, but. <sighs> All this multiverse stuff is just kind of irrelevant to me. It's like, it'll be good or bad based off of its merits, like telling its story, not sure. because of how many cameos it gets. You know, Here, here's, how, here's how I view the multiverse is hopefully it builds up to a Secret Wars movie in 10 years. Other than that, you know, I could take it or leave it. Oh, I'd be, I'd be cool with that. Uh, as long as the movie's good, as long as the plot makes sense. You know, I'm down for it. The whatever. MCU version of Spider-Man has, in my opinion, been a disappointment. Uh, I'm not a fan of this version at all. I can uh, understand, like, not people not liking how much, like, Iron Man is, like, piggybacking on the movies. I can understand how, he's like... scared of heights. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he was, he's like... scared a, of fucking heights. He was, like, a child when he was in that one. He lives know? a borough away from the tallest buildings on the fucking planet. And he's at the top of the Washington no. Monument, nervous. 
Come on, this is. I will bad. say though that Tom Holland Spider-Man is my favorite Spider-Man. Tom I think Holland, like his portrayal of this version of Spider-Man, but I will Peter agree Parker. that his movies are at best just okay. Yeah, I can agree with that. Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker on screen, hands down. No argument. You can't even you can't even debate it. Why? Because he's literally in junior high school when it starts. That's where he's supposed to be. Okay, <laughs> that, that is true. That Everything is true, but I don't know. There's there's something there's something that's so special about the awkwardness of Tobey Maguire. No, you're not Peter wrong. I'll always have a soft spot for those old Tobey Maguire movies, but it's, it's hard to go back. Like all these old, for me. like all these old superhero movies that came out before the MCU that were like you know, yeah, more campy. Like didn't like take themselves like kind of as at face value as the modern superhero movies do. It's hard to go back. I don't know what executive saw that mask for Green Goblin was like. That's perfect. That's what we're going with. What well, if you the saw the screen test fuck? for the uh, for the actual like physical effects that they were going for, yeah, you would see why they went with the mask. Oh, the mask was, was the better choice. It's bad. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this movie's really building itself off of nostalgia, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I can't really bitch because Logan is like my favorite superhero movie, and that's all it does. It uses terrible X-Men movies to build something awesome. If this can do that, use all of these, because we're, we're bagging on these fucking Spider-Man movies as shit. So if it can take all of these shitty Spider-Man movies and turn it into a fun experience, hey, I'm cool with that. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. All right, Hawkeye. Disney Plus, uh, episode one and two have dropped. Never Meet Your Heroes was episode one. Uh, a lot of exposition, a lot of explanation in episode one, kind of introducing everyone. Uh, not I still only... liked it, though. It was still oh, me too. Entertaining. It, you yeah. know, it, they def, you were right earlier. It definitely has a very large, heavy, comedic tone to it. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, um, I kind of appreciate that we're kind of getting, like, the lower stakes, though, you know? Yeah, like, we're not definitely. having, like, the multiverse come apart, like, in Loki. We're not having, like, this big apocalyptic yeah, event for a small town, like, in WandaVision. Dry cleaning. Yeah, I mean, I mean... That's what, literally what's happening. The biggest stakes here seem to be, is Clint gonna get home in time for Christmas? And you know what? That's a ref- it's a refreshing change. That's it, what makes the movie, all right? Yeah. Once it's all said and done, oh, it is this so is a holiday Christmas. classic. Once it's all said and done, it is. It's all about can Hawkeye yeah. get home to his family? The score is great. It reminds me, you know, I watched Home Alone like t- a yes. week ago. Yes. And the score reminds me so much of like home, the home score in Home Alone where they – they weave in, uh, you know, Christmas music into yeah. the actual score, and not maybe Christmas music, but Christmassy sounding. Exactly, yeah. jingle bells. And they're shit doing a there. good job, like getting like the Christmas atmosphere into yes. this. Like they're weaving yeah. it in, like not like beating you over the head with it, but like you know, oh, still a, it's still an ever present background. A little bit, a little it's, bit, it's, but like Christmas. they're not crossing the line. I don't. No, think. you're right. They're not crossing the line, but you definitely know. It's the holiday season. Uh, it's impossible uh, not to like get that. It's all over the background. It's all over the foreground. Sometimes yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. everywhere. But well, uh, you know how like the Ant Man movies were like a palate cleanser, where like you know it's more of a fun little offshoot thing. After they usually release them after like Avengers movies, right? So that like we can have like lower stakes, more straightforward thing. This, that's what this feels like to me, at least for like the Disney Plus shows, you know. After Loki, when everything ends, oh, like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, you're right. It feels This is good. so low stakes compared to Loki. Like, who gives a fuck about the Ronin costume? Come on, man. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? 
Oh, but um, I guess that also to, worth, worth noting about the show is uh, what's her name? Haley Seinfeld. Steinfeld. Yeah. Steinfeld. She's really good as Kate Bishop. I'm really liking she's, her so far. Fantastic. She was good in the Transformers movie. Yeah, uh, she was really great. That she's in this show where it's like a retelling of little women or something i don't know my wife watches it i've watched a couple episodes just hanging out it's okay but she's great in it she's great in it um i guess the coolest part is rogers the musical i'd uh, go see rogers the musical i would not go see rogers the musical i would watch the disney plus i, you know, I would go i would it. go see this rogers the musical if it was explicitly a parody play like it you knew yeah. you knew it was a parody play yeah, going into it. I but, can do you know. this all day. Yeah, they actually wrote a song, you know, for it. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, but I mean, that's all you really need to know about the show. Is oh, it's, it's Hawkeye hanging out with Hawkeye, and this is the tone they're taking. You know, the Steve Rogers Avengers Save New York musical. Uh, my favorite part of the first episode of the joke: Ant Man wasn't even there. You know, he wasn't even there. It's true. And Hawkeye does <laughs> seem to be a little bit salty Hilarious, about it. <laughs> man. It's hilarious. I also enjoyed Hawkeye going LARPing. Now, that was a bit over the top for me. It's like, okay, they're reaching a little bit for the uh, for the comedy. But if you look at holiday comedies, they're all kind of over the top. Holiday comedy movies. So it's keeping with that theme, you know, and and. Just because of that. If it wasn't for the Christmas shit in this, this would be a dog shit show. It would be terrible. I don't know about that, but the Christmas Lucky stuff I disagree dogs. there. <laughs> Lucky the Pizza Dog is dope. Uh, them stealing from Fraction and AHA is perfect. If you're going to steal, steal from you know the great. Well, yeah, apparently Matt Fraction's like a full-fledged uh, producer on this. Well, he got a credit so he could get paid. Oh, Up until man. like a month or two ago. So he, he got paid, but, but Aha, Aha didn't get a credit, so he's still That's not getting paid. That's what I've read, yeah. I've read that on Twitter that he has not gotten paid. For That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, any comic fans out there, the scene where the tracksuit mafia are throwing Molokov cocktails at Kate's apartment, and Clint busts the window with his elbow, catches the cocktail, and throws it back. That is straight out of the comics. There's, I should have gotten the page. There's a page where that happens uh, in the fucking comic. I mean, straight rip that shit off. Uh, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. My prediction for the show's future course is that Kate's mom is actually the bad guy. Well, we know Swordsman, you know, to Kane. Is yeah, the I think he's going by Jack here instead of Jacques. But yeah, Swordsman's the, yeah. like... <laughs> It's too obvious that he'd be the bad guy now, so like they wouldn't have like seated that. In, He's like, like the, the secondary episode. bad guy. Yes. Dude, in, in episode two, he literally goes like, I, I I thought it was just out of nowhere. Like Kate's like, "Oh, go get your sword. We're fencing in the living room," and I'm like, "Really?" Yeah, so, Swordmaster's like Taskmaster in the Black Widow movie, and then you know her mother is like the boring guy who. Use what like pheromones or something? That was so dumb. Don't even get me started on how dumb that part was in Black Widow. Man, is Marvel purposely putting just the dumbest shit, just one big dumb stupid thing, in all their movies? I guess you can't beat the bad guys. You have a fucking dragon in Chinese Wonderland. You can't beat the bad. You have a dragon. I mean, the bad guy was a dragon too. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> 
I mean, by your own logic, that's a wash, right? It's Dragon v. Dragon. I don't know. I don't know. That dragon was losing, and then Shang-Chi jumped on his back, and now it's winning. When I does Shang-Chi learn how to drive a dragon? When? It's just anyway. instinct, man. That's not yes. quite what happens. It comes with the ring whatever. powers, which aren't really rings. Exactly. They're bracelets. Okay? They're bracelets. Let's do food news. I got a gross one. Mmm. Yummy. Uh, all right, this is the holiday season. Gingerbread red vine. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's gross. That is nasty. That's Ugh. a terrible idea. Ugh. Does it still taste like licorice underneath? Like, Looks what the like hell? shit. It tastes like shit. I Ugh. mean, black licorice and red licorice taste nothing, nothing alike. I don't even know how they can share a name. Um... Uh, but yeah, uh, Red Vines, Gingerbread Twist, Festive Limited Time, thank goodness, uh, candy with gingerbread flavor. Uh, you get them at American Licorice Company's website, two thirty nine for a four-ounce tray Oof. while supplies last. Uh, Nasty. I bet supplies will last for a while. Yeah, they're going to have these next year. I mean, I can see this yeah. being something you got for like the grotesque novelty of it, but I can't imagine anyone being like, "Oh man, I oh, find I this so these. appetizing." Yeah. The only, the we'll only reason, the only reason I could even ponder anyone wanting to purchase these is for building supplies for your gingerbread house. Well, even then, like if I was building a gingerbread log. Like, yeah, if I was building yeah. a gingerbread house, like I'd want like the red is like kind of a change. Yeah, as an accent. Like, yeah. Sure. Well, hey, some people want to build their shit with pure ginger. Okay, like a log cabin, no plastic on my log cabin. So Only like ginger for the really anal um, gingerbread yeah, house architects out there. <laughs> uh, Try to come up with a non-gross one next time, man. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I, I appreciate like it. The gross ones. I kind of like the gross ones. I just like feel like you need to like you know Go mix it up. Forth. Like I, I feel like we've just, time? I feel like the last several were gross. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, let's do in moment of destruction. It's <laughs> All right, we got some great news. Um, there's a couple of books coming out. Uh, IDW unleashes an ancient evil in uh. Transformers. War's End. Uh, All right. Ruckley's finally getting somewhere, apparently. Yeah, to the end. We've already seen the end of the war. It was called Phase 2. Shut up, IDW. Uh, February's debut of new uh, War's End miniseries serves as an essential companion to the ongoing Transformers series. Um, They're going to redefine the meaning of villainy. Um... The first, it's a four-part miniseries. Ruckley uh, is going to be on it. Jack Lawrence is going to be doing the art. Exercon. So great. Exercon is coming. Yep. Single-handedly plunged Cybertron into darkness long ago. We got a, actually a little bit of background in this week's Transformers number 37. Yeah, you know, finally, like, 37 issues into the series, yeah, no they, they give us We, we learned about the Exercon. war that we just learned about. Um, so we'll see. Uh I don't know. War War's End is about unfinished business for both the characters and for Cybertron as a whole. It's the return of Cybertron's traumatic past to upend its present. And answers the question, if your planet has at its core the collective spark of your entire civilization, just how vulnerable might that make you? Uh, what? How is that a question? 
whatever. That's I mean, good. very. Like, even as someone who whatever. doesn't know much you about know, Transformers, it seems like an I, obvious I, yes. I'm just, I, I'm just glad that this book is finally going somewhere. You know, uh, uh, since we're getting a, I, I'm assuming this is like an event book. No, it's just a four issue miniseries. Well, yeah, but it's like you, you, you assume something cool is going to happen. We're going to have answers to questions. I am hoping something cool will finally right. happen. Yes. So up to now, my Transformers work has been post or pre-war. So with War's End, I'm excited to contribute to Cy the Cybertronian War itself. This story is understandably darker How are you and contributing to the war itself if it's the end. <laughs> Again, dude, I don't know it. More questions. I, okay, I get to Move draw on. Oh, What's Jack next? Lawrence in here saying how awesome it is to draw characters he's loved for more than 35 years. Jack Lawrence, you are a fucking treasure, sir. Don't let anyone ever tell you different. You are an amazing Transformers artist. But Brian Ruckley can go fucking self. This book has been shit. This sounds boring. I don't know. Angel Hernandez is doing a cover, uh, and there's an EJ Sue retailer incentive that uh, I don't have a copy of, but this is the uh, Jack Lawrence. Now, this might be the EJ Sue cover. I, anyway, EJ Sue, yeah. I don't know. It looks great. The EJ Sue cover looks yeah. fun. That's extra Colors con. Are popping. That's extra con. I just learned that this week because I read issue number 37 of Transformers. Uh, G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Saturday morning adventures. Oh man, this doesn't look like it's for me. What? What is the fucking point of this? Like With the, the comics are already like cartoony, aren't they? Dude, no shit. With the nostalgic appetite for the '80s pop culture as powerful as ever, is it though? Is it? Well, I, you know, I, I guess I guess if you've been reading like the real American hero book that Larry Ham has been writing, that it is so far away from the original status quo of G.I. Joe. So I guess they want to give you a book that is, you know, exactly what you remember from watching the show as a kid. A Real American Hero Saturday Morning Adventures, a special send-up of the classic cartoon. Shipping monthly and featuring fan-favorite creative team Eric Burnham and uh, Dan Shaning. Uh, colorist Luis Antonio Delgado. Great creative team on this, actually. Uh, what is up with the TV here with the one? You see that? The one in the corner has got a TV? Come on, man. Everyone knows that G.I. Joe is the code name for blah, 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 blah. Um... I loved how straight up weird cartoons can be, says Burnham. Uh, all right. I don't even know what this is going to be. It's just going to be like continuations know, just... of the show. Like, well, I guess sort of. I, I mean, mean, the show never really had much of a continuity anyway to it. It had some continuity. I it, mean... did a, it did a little bit, but most of the episodes you could watch in any order. And oh, it that's true. Doesn't really Where's Serpentor? I guess, Where's like, Cobra the real Bob? thing they're pulling back here is just, like, the stupid, stupid bullshit that Cobra gets into. Because, like, it's, he has a fucking magic lamp on the goddamn cover here. It's the, same, it's the same thing as the Batman 89 shit and all those other random-ass DC books that they're doing. That's exactly what's in my notes. That's exactly what I was going to say next. Uh, So, yeah. There you go. It looks. I mean, I'll read it. I'll. I don't care. Oh, I know you'll read it. You're. You're a GI Joe Mark. A you G. buy Joe anything GI Joe. I really am. All right. So we'll see what's up with that. Uh, 
Transformers number thirty-seven. Let's get into the reviews. Just a couple of them, because again, I didn't get King Grimlock. Who is this on the cover? That's supposed to be Codexa, no? Is it? Okay. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no. Clue. I have no idea who this is on the cover. Uh, Ryan Ruckley, uh, Art was wrong on the solicit. It was Winston Chan and the incomparable Guido Guidi. Even uh, though I feel like they kind of wasted his art a little bit. They did um, waste his art a little bit. Like this. This is uh, a Winston Chan. Looks good, modern. Yeah. This is Guido Guidi. So it's hard to tell. Well, the problem was is that they had the same colorist throughout the entire book. Exactly. They, they had you John Paul Bove. You should have let Guido Guidi color his own shit. Yeah, they had John Bon John Paul Bove color the entire book, yeah. and he did not change the colors between the time periods. And so the only way you can tell, really tell. You know, you you can tell if you're really paying attention between yeah, you, Guido's there's, art there's, and Chan's art. Yeah. But 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 if you're not actively looking for it, the first time it does the transition, you could are completely thrown off. That the only it changes reason I knew is because I knew every, Cyclonus don't talk to nobody. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I could say, oh, okay, yeah, Cyclonus is unless he's got a shitty attitude. And this he had kind of a great, brave, courage leader. So, so they definitely needed a different colorist or, or let Guido Guidi do his own colors mm. for his own past periods. For um, sure. For but, sure. So 100%. this issue, going into the actual story, we actually get some background on Exercon. Um we learn that he's like a weird virus sort of thing. Like his spark has been uh, I mean, I, I had it on on tip of my tongue. He's like a parasite almost. His spark can he's go like, and infect like other sparks. He's like Smith from the fucking Matrix, kinda. Oh yeah, exactly. He's kind of like yeah. Smith from the Matrix. He can go and like when he touches you, he can like replicate into you basically and take over your body. Yeah. And he can hold up to three bodies at a time. Yeah. And uh, he's like Voldemort with the you know they were under a spell. They really weren't Death Eaters. They were just under a spell. Which yeah. be, which does which I mean, if they dig into that a little bit more, that whole Exercon thing, because this is the first time we've gotten any background on who Exercon is, what the three war of the threefold spark actually was, and it is very impactful to the story thus far. So, if there were some robots, some bots who were following Exercon because they really liked what he was doing, and there were other bots who were following Exercon because Exercon was making them. How did how did they figure out who was doing what? You know what I mean? Just like in, in Harry Potter with Voldemort and his Death Eaters. It would be really cool if they brought some of that to the forefront. To It would be. It would be. Yeah, maybe explain uh, they away. Don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. The, really, the only two characters we know who worked for Exercon are Skywarp, yeah. who was brutally blown up and eaten last issue. That's awesome. So and, cool. And Shockwave, who, you know, does who, Shockwave. Who, at this point... He's cloning. Uh, he's making a clone army of Insecticons. Yeah. And he is the one who sent all of these bad guys to uh, basically, I don't know, get over on the Autobots here. Because he yeah. wants the Matrix. So the main present-day story of this is yeah. Optimus goes and meets Codexa. We're a waste cave. of fucking time. Just and like it was last a total, time. It was a total to waste of time. Codex. And not That's only was stupid. it a waste of time, but it was they got ambushed because it yeah. was a known waste of time that they were going to go there. Yeah. Um, and they managed to mostly get away 
from the ambush, except for Ultra Magnus, who gets captured. That'll be interesting, depending on what they do to his ass. Yes. Astro Train could never take Ultra Magnus. Just going to throw that out here. Never. In a million years, is Astro Train going to be able to kick Ultra Magnus's ass? It was it a cool fight. Happen. They do, they do, do cool fight scenes in these. Yeah, it was some good action. Uh, overall, an a, a, above par, a little bit better than usual issue. It feels like it's actually going somewhere. Yes, it feels um, like it's Cyclonus actually ramping up. Cyclonus had some great moments in this, so you know, yeah. Cyclonus. You know, he was really he was introduced in the first issue with his weird talking ghost people friends yeah and yeah. they really did nothing with it for a really long time and now they're trying to bring that back a little bit yeah and Explain i feel like it was why. just way too soon they should they shouldn't yeah. have introduced them that early in the series if they or if they wanted to introduce him and and string us along a little bit maybe not have 10 ghosts that only he sees hanging out behind him all the fucking time Maybe play it off where he's talking to nobody, you know? Yeah, you know, make that a reveal or something. Yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, all right, wow. finally, uh, an okay book, uh, Beast Wars number 10, uh, Eric Burnham, Joss Bertram. A little bit more about that golden disc thing that started this whole mess, uh, but not oh, really. Oh, you want to know what that golden disc thing actually is? That uh, golden disc is actually the Voyager golden disc. Okay, that's uh, – okay. So how are they traveling through time, though? Because I thought this was a prehistoric Earth that they are on right now. They are on a prehistoric Earth. So that that Voyager disc, disc has the coordinates to Earth or something on it. Or uh, I don't know. But that's how they how th- that's how Cybertronians originally find out about Earth or something. I, I don't uh, know. But I, I just know that right. that's the Voyager golden disc. Yeah. Uh, great page here, man. I love this. This is the last. This is like the re- big reveal the Maximals are taking it to the Predacons, which was nice. Well, yeah, that's the big theme with this issue was uh, this is the Maximal counter attack. You know, yeah. the Maximals are uh, going after the Predacon base. They're really, they're not trying to hurt or they're not trying to kill anybody. They're just trying to sort of cripple uh, the Predacons capabilities so that the Maximals can go out later on. And I like how they were arguing those about protoforms. That. Yeah, they want to save the protoforms that are in orbit. And not even really save them because they do want to save them. Of they course, they just want to make sure the Predacons don't get. Yeah, they don't want them to make more enemies, which I don't know. It's kind of kind of cool, but like Rat Trap wants to go. Why don't we just go in there and light them all up, Prime? We'll murder them all. He's like, No, I don't want to murder anybody. And it's like, man, uh, I think he'd be better off murdering them. I, I will say the strongest part part of this series is definitely the interactions between the characters. Uh, yes. I like how all the Maximals interact. Rat Trap was a standout this issue. Agreed. Just talking shit about the shitty non-plan that they have yeah um there was some weird pterosaur was cool yeah yeah pterosaur um came out of nowhere doing his uh starscream impression yes that's what it gave you those great starscream vibes i hope they keep that energy going man yeah yeah that was the thing he did um in his one season of beast wars um (laughs) they they were uh and i also enjoyed uh waspinator's one brief moment of like super confidence where all right. he was like, oh, wait, I know what this is. And yeah. then he kind of saves everybody from getting the shit bombed out of them. Yeah. So, yeah, um, overall, a much better issue than 37. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, King Grimlock. We'll talk about King Grimlock next week. Because, again, yeah, it, everything points to it's coming out next week. Oh, you know, well, the I shop may have gotten week. it delivered. Well, I would be curious, was- Adam, like, how did you like it? You know, it's... uh. It is exactly what it is. It is it is Grimlock doing a Conan story. Yeah. So if you like 
Grimlock doing a Conan story with some really cool art. That's what you're going to get. This nice. issue, he fights a dragon. So that's all, all That's all you really need to know. Nice. Nice. Uh, we're going to do top three. The solicits were just fucked, like I said, this week. Uh, Previews World didn't have Marvel shit up. Uh, Diamond, obviously. Shipping books out of order. Because I'm telling you, that King Grimlock, is the release date is next week. I checked it on Comixology. Um, oh, well, I got it early. Well, I mean, the shop probably put it out, which is fine. I mean, they're... I guess they're allowed to, but Diamond got to get their shit together. All right, yeah. get their shit together. Uh, let's do top three. It's gonna be a weird. One. Uh, there was not much this week. Adam, you want to go first? Taylor ain't got one. He got a top one because he or top half because he's halfway through Black Panther. <laughs> I mean, All right. <laughs> I can tell you what I've, re- I, I've, I've finished three and a half books. So by process of like elimination, like well, by default, three, I do have a top three then. Sure. Okay, good. Uh, then Taylor, you go first then. All right. Um, I guess my honorable mention will be half the book I haven't finished yet, which is Black Panther number one. Man, that <laughs> book is dope. I don't like the voice he's giving T'Challa here. I don't mind it. I like he's too it. casual, you know? That he doesn't have like this like regal air to him like I feel like he should. Uh, that's fair. I, I like what's going on though with everything. Sure, sure. Becoming a democracy, him so yeah, that's interesting stuck stuff. in that. His I'm glad to see them. with the Avengers is brilliant in yeah this. I um, love it they are doing a good job balancing a lot of the different threads from like the avengers book from uh ta-nehisi coates's uh black panther book so yeah it is a good first issue in that yeah. it is like building upon what's come before and also the whole intergalactic uh empire, uh, empire that they have going as well as like this transition <laughs> to democracy so yeah it's it's good the only thing i didn't like about it was i did not like the 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 characterization of T'Challa in this—that's fair. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's a pretty important part. No, you're not wrong, dude. The the dialogue between him and Shuri was fucking awesome. I loved that. But uh, what's your number three? What's your number three? Uh, from a number three, I guess I'll have to do Hulk number one. Um, this was always going to be a tough transition because they just finished what might be the greatest run on Hulk ever. Unfair. And I think that they made the right choice just to really do something way fucking different where this is like stupid bullshit. Like Donny oh, Cates totally is totally stupid bullshit. Yeah. Donny Cates is good at doing stupid bullshit though. And Great. so, Hey, this is a pretty solid example of fun, stupid bullshit. Yeah. I don't, like, it's kind of a weird idea, right? Like, this is the Spaceship Hulk or some fucking crap. Well, I um, understand. What's happening is Banner is now in control. Sure. And is using the Hulk as a spaceship, basically. He's riding around the, the Hulk's... Hulk and Banner's shared psyche is basically the bridge of the Starship Hulk. Um, and yeah, that dude, that idea is way fucking out there, way silly, but it makes sense. It also is reminiscent of a story that Jason Aaron did a few years ago where Hulk and uh, Banner were separated and Banner was like this huge piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready to see piece of shit Banner. 
piece of well, shit. Well, he's being a piece of shit. Oh, so, you know, it. also a good start there. Yeah. But how about – all right, because at one point in this, it actually opens where he's hanging out talking with Betty. Is that, is that her name, Betty? Yeah. yeah. Um, or at least like his mental projection of her. Exactly. Yeah. It's not actually Betty. It's him. It's him. It's Banner. Yeah, so it does look like we're – it does look like we're still doing like the Hulk. This is more of like him fighting with his own inner demons yes. more so than some external threat, which, you know, yes. that's a lot of good Hulk stories, including that the Hulk story Hulk. we just got away from. I think that is good Hulk storytelling. Uh, this is my number two. I did not have a problem with this at all. A lot of people hated this on the Internet. I mean, I enjoyed it. it. Um, it's not my jam. It's stupid bullshit, but exactly. I am not against stupid bullshit. So. I like stupid bullshit, especially after the big cerebral mind fuck that was immortal. You know? Well, yeah, um, I mean, that's the. When I like sat down to read this, I had to like, you know, like, this is not going to be as good. Or at least you are not going to enjoy it as much as what you different. just left behind. It's different. It's, it's an like impossible act to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And let's let's give Donnie Cates some credit, okay? The last series Absolutely. that he followed he was Thor. Yeah, okay? he he is really stepping up to the plate for some like impossible pitches they're throwing at him, you know? Like follow Jason Aaron's Thor run. Follow Al Ewing's it. Hulk it's, run. It sucks. His Thor run kind of sucks. <laughs> it's selling. I mean, it's still selling though. Well, sure it know? is He's because like Thor's a super popular it. character, but um, and I think it's just so unfair for us to be like Oh, nothing's going to follow Immortal Hall. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, I'm trying to be fair. This is a fun read. I enjoyed reading it, but it's completely unfair for me to, like, have to be constantly comparing it to the previous thing. So I should really stop doing that. Yeah. How about this? 10, 20, 30 years from now, no one is going to remember that Donny Cates' Hulk followed Immortal Hulk. You know well, what I mean? They might they'll also remember, remember Immortal Hulk, Hulk and not remember this. Though. And possibly they'll remember Donny Cates' Hulk run. You know, maybe Immortal yeah. Hulk will be immortal. It will always be one of the top five, easily, probably top three Hulk runs of all time. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I guess to like kind of take that comparison, I have no idea who followed Walt Simonson on Thor. Who followed Peter David? Yeah, I have no idea who, like, stepped in after Peter David. You know, who, yeah, I mean, who followed Hickman on X-Men? Well, that was Gary Duggan. And that's getting to me. Uh, Honorable mention to Quorum number eight. This is the final issue, Hickman and Huddleston. Uh, Comic book masterclass. I mean, that's some of the art we're looking at here, man. I mean, that's just uh, amazing. Uh, So this is basically a story about the most well-mannered assassin in the known universe. Um, perfect Hickman book, uh, charts, graphs, mind fucks, all kinds of weird, deep, you know, shit. Uh, I loved it. Uh, but my number three book this week, X-Men number five. It's my number two. It's actually my uh, number one, but awesome. You know, pretty uh, slim Duggan, list for me. So. Zay Carlos, Javier Pina. Uh, the series continues to be stellar. If not, it meanders a little bit. You know, I don't think it's really found its footing five well, issues in. Uh, my problem with it is it has too many, you know, villains by of the months. It's a, too many villain by the months, you know. It needs yeah. to it needs to focus on one thing. Yeah, um, I mean this but, issue introduced a new fucking villain. Yeah, even this issue did. Uh yeah. but that said, at least this issue focused on one character to flesh out, and that was it uh Polaris. Was perfect. They've Polaris been doing that a little bit though. Like they had that they gene had. issue a couple weeks back. Yep. And yeah, th- I really did love like following Lorna around here. I especially like her like 
utilizing her powers here to marionette. weaponize Laura. Marionette as a verb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. That was a cool thing. And the best part, and I called it as soon as I, I was like, oh, she's going to wake up and Lorna's going to be, you know, puppeteering her ass around. And it happened. Laura woke up I'm like, what the fuck? This is perfect, dude. Yeah. But in addition to that, I also really enjoyed kind of like the character that they're presenting here because like, you know, we see that she was saying like, oh, don't put me in the X-Men. And at first we're like, whoa, Gene, kind of a dick move. But then we find out later in the issue that like, yeah, she is like always her own worst advocate, you know, yep. like she has this mental block probably from magneto being such a Ooh. shitty dad oh my honestly. god i was just gonna say that she got <laughs> yeah. daddy issues bro well yeah i mean we've seen like magneto yeah. is always just shitting all over her at every step all he's like all his kids magneto is a bad bad dad one who fucking deserves it <laughs> but yeah and so i did appreciate this whole thing where like Jean recognized that she deep down did want to do this, but she has all these all this mental baggage that keeps her from even thinking it, right? Yeah. And how she does need a team like this. I thought that was a cool way to kind of like give her some character work here. She got, you know? It was like showing off her imposter syndrome, you know? It yeah. It was just very well yeah. done. And, yeah, that's very well said, yeah. And that's what it takes to get over imposter syndrome. It takes one of your peers saying – no, you got this. You are the shit. And by the end of the issue, Polaris does get it, and she's passing that off. She's passing it on, you know, to the next person. I just thought it was wonderful, dude. Great, great issue. Uh, Adam, honorable mentions and number three. I think all my books have been mentioned. Uh, honorable mention, uh, Wolverine this. number 18. Uh, uh, that's my know, number two, so I can be uh, done here. Fun issue. It it's a, better than it's the last X Force issue where they were fucking surfing. Yeah, you know this. You no, know, Ben. I'm Percy glad we just, missed that that week. I, ben Percy uh, just you know understands Wolverine. He he yeah. uh, gets the character. So you know the book is solid every week. Yeah. Uh, this you know Wolverine is typically a a, a very gorgeous book. This month it wasn't so it was much. Greedy. It was still yeah, greedy. Yeah, you know the start the the art still wasn't bad. Um, it was still, it was just service. I did miss having one of those fantastic. like huge, like panel montages that's yes. kind of become like the signature of this book, but yeah. it still looks pretty good. It's still all right, though. Driving that semi truck action movie fucking style through the Krakoan gate at the last minute. Oh, yeah, that was fun. closing it, dude. That was awesome. It's that such a Wolverine so cool. book. He he gets the action part of yeah. it, definitely. Yeah, um, action wise, yeah, this book was was epic dude and banister's cool as hell dude banister is a fun character yeah, like, I'm, I'm liking cool. him like kind of joining wolverine's cast here yeah. uh and then my number three was robin number eight. Oh, i skipped that this week damn uh this one you was fool. i am this one was the finally the confrontation between uh robin and connor hawk nice. uh where they have their big final duel um and the big whatever is going to happen happens at the end of this. Um, they release a giant monster out of the Lazarus pit after whoever wins the duel wins the duel. What? And is it a you Cthulhu missed monster? it. You buffoon. Yeah, so whenever you get around to reading it, it you know, uh, so mo the vast majority of this issue was straight up just fighting. It's a real quick read. 
cool. because there's only dialogue on like a few pages. Nice. A lot of it, nice. a lot of it is just straight up Robin and Connor Hawk just dueling it out. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty strong art book. Really enjoyed it. I, I've been really enjoying this Robin run so far. It's been cool, dude. I, I threw I shit all over the first issue because I was like, I don't want to read a damn fight tournament. But yeah, it's cool. that's exactly what it is though. It leaned into it's, that fight tournament cool. thing super hard. Dude, just read what was it, issue five with the night wings or the uh Robins Robin mm-hmm. race. It's not as good as that, you know. That's nothing, the, that's nothing, one of the best nothing's gonna be as good as that year. It was so good. But you know, so it's still good. a fun fight scene. Yeah. Slim week. Uh my number two uh was Hulk. Uh had a great time with this book. Oh, is it not me or is it Taylor? It's Taylor. But, oh, my two is uh, Wolverine, which we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my number two is Hulk number one. Uh, just, again, fun, stupid summer blockbuster type action. Uh, really big panels, really big places, really big ideas. That's what Donny Cates, you know, is known for. And you can hate the Cates all you want. You know, I got no problem with that. But don't pick up a Cates book and then shit all over the book for being 100% Donny Cates. All right, because that's what this was. This was Venom number one. This was. I mean, yeah, you should definitely have known what you were in for. Thank you, you. thank you. Uh, And my number one is Black Panther, which I can get into more details once we get there, because I'm pretty sure Adam's number two was already mentioned as well. Yeah, my number two was uh, X Men number five. Yo, cool issue. I guess should I go ahead and do my number one? Great issue. Well, Uh, my number one was X Men number five, so I I am done. I'm just a spectator now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, mine. Uh, well, yeah. What was your number one? Well, because you're you the know, only one going to be different. Coming out of left field, my number one was the Flash seven seventy six. Oh my god, that was gone when I got to the shop. Uh, you don't have that this, in your pool? That's surprising. I this should. was yeah, so the Flash has always been. Um, since this new run has started, it's always been kind of a B tier, <laughs> just kind of okay book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, Leroy. <laughs> You're yeah, not wrong, but he's not rock. Uh, but this Comic issue, book bullies getting their own OnlyFans. This issue knocked oh, it out of the park. <laughs> so this issue was an interactive issue. So the beginning of this issue, Dr. Fate shows up and he pulls Flash into a different dimension. And the point of this issue is Flash and Dr. Fate need to get from one end of the, this dimension to the other end of this dimension. But in this dimension... The Flash and Doc and uh, Doctor Fate are aware of the reader in the comic book, and what the reader in the comic book does affects what happens within the panels of the page. And so you have in this issue Doctor Fate and Flash climbing between panels to get to places. Oh my god! And then and then like they'll go. They'll go into a uh, room and that they needed to be dark or something because there's all these these uh, torches out. So they'll be like, "Blow on the page!" So you'll blow on the page. Uh, there's uh, a so you're actually a... in the book. You're a yes, hero you are, you are an active participant in the book. So they need to get from one end what? of the canyon to another end of the canyon. So they're like, "Turn the book sideways." So you turn the book sideways when you flip the page and you see them falling down oh, to the dude. other end it's That's freaking incredible. awesome yeah uh and that then you get, to the end, you get to the end and dr fate needs to cast a spell and he's like but wait i don't know what the uh magical spell stuff is but we saw them earlier in the book can you go back in the book 
find out what order they're in, and then can you cast the spell in order on the page for me so you can defeat the bad guy? So you get to you so, save the day. You I get to save the day. I promise I don't mean this isn't it. Yeah, I promise I don't mean this as an insult, but this sounds like the comic book equivalent of watching an episode of Dora the Explorer. It is. It is. <laughs> it is so hokey. It is so freaking hokey, but it works. It's great. I, want I love this that issue. Fucking amazing. I need to. I need to add that to my poll list. And yeah, that track this one down. Amazing. Damn. There's a. Yeah, there's just a great. Uh, there's just a great splash page of. Doctor Fate just, just you know, pulling the panels to the side, sticking his head through the panel, pointing at him, and being like, "We need you," you know, doing the Uncle Sam thing, sort of. Oh man, that sounds awesome! Damn, how come we always miss out on the good shit, Taylor? I mean, I tried to pick this up, but I wasn't able to get there until yesterday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Taylor, your number one was X Men. Was X Men? Yeah, great, yep. great issue. Uh, yeah, my number one was Black Panther number one. Uh, John Ridley, Wonka Ball. Uh, just a great, not even a reintroduction, sort of a, a new status quo, a new series of events that's going on. Um, Wakanda's a democracy now. T'Challa, in his role, his new role as premier or whatever the fuck he is. I don't even know. He's more of a. He doesn't do shit really. He's like vice president. He doesn't do nothing. Um, but he's got like 10 secret, uh, super soldiers, uh, all over the world, just ready to spring into action. Should he need him, you know, need them to throw over, you know, overthrow a government or murder somebody. Uh, and they get found out. Uh, and it's got all these great, like this right here, this is all, you know, building to, to what is going to happen, you know, uh, later on in the series. And, uh, yeah, man, really had this great pace to this where I don't know it's just everything and and Taylor is right T'Challa is not in his typical voice all right there's no regality there he's not he doesn't seem kingly but he's not a king anymore um so I'm okay with that you know um but the relationships that that T'Challa has here with the Avengers with his sister with these secret agents uh, with Wakanda, you know, and the government of Wakanda. Uh, it's just wonderful, man. I really think he's nailing it. And, uh, yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board for the rest. I will always give John Ridley the benefit of the doubt because of uh, the history of the DC Universe. The other history of the DC Universe was such an amazing book. Uh, so, yeah, he won me over with this issue. And, uh, yeah, I'm all over that shit. All over that shit. Uh, Taylor's gripes were right on, you know, T'Challa does sound a little bit different, but I'm okay with that as long as, as Ridley is consistent with the story that he's telling. So, uh, awesome. Kind of a light week. Next week is a lot heavier. Uh, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow on the preview show. Come back here and join us. We'd appreciate it. Come back here tonight around midnight for the comic book bullies. Uh, Leroy and Eli are going to be kicking it, uh, talking about all kinds of shit. You can find links to them, us, uh, all that stuff at OutrightGeekery.com, uh, Patreon, uh, Facebook, all the social medias, all that good shit. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. But most of all, thanks to these three jokers. I guess there's only two of y'all. 
Only two Jokers tonight. You got a different three Jokers image. Not only are you continuing with that, but like you found a different one to use. Yeah. <laughs> this one's the action figures. Yeah, that's all. Oh, yeah, we're we used got to that. Here. We knew. Yeah. We, we this do is that. the one. This is the one from the terrible Jeff Johns book that was supposed to mean everything and meant nothing. Mobius chair. Uh. Anyway, we're gonna do it all again next time. Same geek time. Same geek channel. Hey, you really got the draw on that. Yeah, you got a little bit of extra ass on that one.